Welcome to the media ministry of Crossroads Church Aspen. To learn more about Crossroads, visit our website at ccaspen.com. We hope you enjoyed this message by Pastor Steve Woodrow. How's everybody doing this morning? He is risen. Yeah, let's, uh, well, so yeah, let's do it. Yeah, come on, Lee. Lead us. Lead us out. Stand up, brother. Lead us out with that, bo- that big voice. Come on. He's risen. Come on. He's risen. Do it again. Yeah, he's risen indeed. <laughs> I, I, I needed you up here for the first part of that. <clears throat> That's awesome. That's more like it. Absolutely. Well, welcome everybody. If you are visiting here at Crossroads, we're sure glad that you're here. If you have any questions at all about what's going on, please um, just please let us know. We'd love to connect with you. There's a little card in the seat back in front. If you'd like to connect, fill that out for us. That would be great. Um, I know everybody's kind of starting to kind of come back and, you know, slowly and try to figure out, um, you know, schedules again, but we'd love to let you know what's going on around here in the life of the church. Lots going on, lots of places to plug in. So um, thank you for being here to worship with us uh, this morning in our second service here. We're going to be in Luke 24. If you've been with us, you know we've been, and this uh, morning we uh, conclude, because we come to the resurrection in the Gospel of Luke, we've been on this journey following the disciples as they follow Jesus through the Gospel of Luke. And uh, we're coming to Luke 24, the last uh, chapter in Luke, and looking at Jesus as he brings the disciples, right, as he comes to Jerusalem to go to the cross, and then as he told his disciples ahead of time, he was going to suffer and die and be raised on the third day. And uh, we're going to jump into that here in Luke 24 um, this morning. But before we do that, let me just, uh, well, let me also announce, next week we'll start a new series called Gathered Together. And if you go through the Gospel of Luke or anywhere in, especially the book of Acts, you're going to see how important it is to gather together. And this is something we're going to dive into starting next week um, and look at that because obviously we've had a year of scattering and isolation and everything. And so just this importance of fellowship and what God, um, how that's the very center and essence of his church. So we'll start that um, next week. To get us started this morning, let me start with this question. Um, <clears throat> have you ever really thought about what you really need to know. Now, I know we throw this out in vocation or different areas of our life, but how much have we really stepped back and we think about in our entire life, what do we really need to know? Young people that are in here, let me tell you, the sooner you figure this thing out, the more bold and big your life will be. A lot of us, it's not till we get older. Right, that we sit back and really think about the important things in life. What do you really need to know? What do you really need to know? Folks, we need answers. There's no question. We need some answers, but we need something far greater than answers. We need faith. We need faith. We need something that transcends just the answers, just the intellect. We need something that connects, right? Our, our thoughts and our brain and, our, and the depth of our heart, our emotions, we need faith. And we need, church, today, something, I'm going to go a step further, not just faith, let's just say, we need faith that boasts in Jesus. We need a faith that boasts in Jesus. And that's what I want to 
kind of tag on this morning is this idea of knowing Jesus and, and just lay it out. Easter, this is what this is all about. This is what the church, what the gospel is all about is when it's all, when all comes down is what do we really need to know? We need to know Jesus. And I, I don't have time to break it down completely, but what did Jesus say in John 17? He says, this is eternal life that you may know the Father who sent the Son and you may know Jesus, that you may know him. Everything, everything comes down to that. Do we know him? All of our other things we do in the world, you can go out there and, and you know, learn physics or whatever it is. We can take a, an atom apart. We can make computers that can think. We can, all these great, amazing things we can do in the world. But what good is that if your soul is empty? What good is that ultimately if we have no confidence in what's going to happen when we die? And that's whenever death comes, right? We don't know. What good is all that? And Jesus, right, he told the parable. What good is it if you fill your barns up? What good is it if you have all that the world has to offer? But man, but on that night or that day that your soul is required, that death is in your face, wow, what good is all that stuff? Ultimately, what is it we really need to know? And this is the good news of the gospel is that Jesus has come to be known. Your creator, the one who breathed all this into being, wants to know you. And all everything he's done in the gospel and throughout history, as we're going to see the real pinnacle here with Jesus' love and what he's done, his death and his resurrection for us, is, is a way that we might know him, is he's made the way. The question is, is there a stirring or are we lost and, and distracted? And we all do. We scatter and we get distracted in our pursuits right in the world. And we miss that, that important time to really hone in on what do I really need to know and what's at the center? What's holding all this together? And so I want to start, before we get to Luke, uh, I want to look at Jeremiah. Step back in the Old Testament, in Jeremiah 9, 23 through 24. This passage has just been really rattling around in my head for the last, really, several weeks. And um, I love this. It says, this is the word of the Lord to Jeremiah to give to God's people. Thus says the Lord, let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the mighty, the powerful man boast in his might. Let not the rich man boast in his riches, but let him who boasts, boast in this, that he understands and he knows me, that I'm the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, and righteousness in the earth. For in these I delight, declares the Lord. Wow. What do we really need to know? What do we really need to know and understand? We need to understand and know. And those are two different words. Understand is the intellectual answers, understanding, right? Growing and understanding. The next one is the most powerful word, right? To know God is a very intimate word. That's to know him personally, intimately, right? And um, with that said, let's dive into Luke 24 here and pick up with the disciples on this journey and my question for us all, just to kind of help us put us in the story here um, as we're walking, and really, where are we at in the story? In other words, as we walk with Jesus and the disciples, there's several things going on. You have people who are bystanders, let's say, or passers-by. They, they've heard of Jesus, they see Jesus in the distance, and they only can see a form of him and they and they just get on the outside they stay on the fringe they dabble a little bit in christianity they dabble a little bit in in uh in god and that kind of stuff but pretty much they're living for the world pretty much they're living for their own wisdom their own riches 
their own power, the power of the world, the ways of the world. And they just see, uh, again, Jesus in the distance. There isn't any knowledge. There's not yet really a hunger for God, not really a hunger to know God or the bigger questions of life. They're just set on, on this this course, and, and let me just plead with anybody watching online or here, is you stay in that world, you stay on the fringe, you stay in just focusing on the things of the world, on riches and, and uh, all that other stuff, is, man, our, the scripture says our hearts harden. They don't just stay neutral. Is that my heart hardens and I get gripped by just the things of the world, and that's where anxiety and fear come in, in the sense of, right, once we gain the things of the world, right, there's no security that we're going to, because we know we're going to lose them. We know they're gone. And this last year has been a huge test, right, for our culture and for people to really flesh out. Is there faith or is there fear? You could wield our entire last year and a half right down to the issue of is there faith or is there fear in our response to what was going on. And you take that a little bit further down as to, wow, what have I really been putting my hope in? What have I really been focusing on knowing, right, during that time? Again, if I pursue man's wisdom, if I pursue, right, wealth, if I pursue um, just power, the things of the world, right, the only thing I have there is fear. That stuff's passing away. In all the history of the world, none of that has satisfied ultimately the bigger issues that we have in our life. They have not satisfied, I have nothing to offer my heart's deepest questions. They put me in bondage, ultimately. And so in this, this journey is, I, I, I just, I plead with you this morning to really set yourself in this story. Where are you at? Where have you been with Jesus? Where's your heart with him in reality on this journey? The next step in is the crowd. Is that we're willing, we're still in the fringes, but we're in the crowd. We kind of look, Jesus is a little bit distant there. He's, he's kind of, boy, he can kind of um, be seen a little bit, but... He's in the distance, right? He's in the distance and we can't really see him, but we're in the crowd. We're kind of a part of church, but we're not. And, and we're just kind of really um, wrestling with, uh, with our position. And we're kind of, we listen a little bit, but we just don't, we don't move. We just stay kind of stuck in the crowd. And, and what Jesus was always doing when he was walking along, he was addressing people in the crowd. He said, hey, step a little closer. Step into the core. Right? Step in a little bit closer, right? And then that's the other question for us. Are we in the core? We made that step in, right, to understand that, boy, that we're a part of God's people. We're a part of his church, right, his, his fellowship. But there's another step that Jesus asked. He wants the people in the core to step in, to come follow him, to be disciples, to step into his inner circle as such. And folks, that's for anybody that desires, right? Remember what Jesus, he was walking along the road. He says, hey, you follow me. Hey, you follow me, Right? in our response to that. So ask, where in this journey? And he's leading. He's already told him. He's going to the cross. Third day, he's going to rise from the dead. He's told him ahead of time. He knows God's purpose for our life. He knows what he was sent for, right, in this, in this world. Luke 24. We're stepping in now into the resurrection story. As he's been taken, Joseph of Arimathea has taken Jesus' body and put it in his tomb. And... Uh, it was the Sabbath, so they weren't able to prepare the body. So the women, the, uh, part of his core, part of the women in the inner circle, um, prepared spices and were coming on the first um, on Sunday morning, the first day of the week, the Lord's Day, Resurrection Day. That's why the church meets on Sunday morning, by the way. It's the Lord's Day, and uh, it says 
But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He's not here, but he has risen. Do I have an amen? Amen. Thank you. It's, it's, I'm just I'm good with it. We can talk here. You can you can respond knowing you're awake here, right? Remember how <clears throat> he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man <clears throat> must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. And they remembered his words and returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with whom you told uh, with whom told these things to the apostles. But these words seemed to them as an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter rose, and he ran to the tomb, stooping in, looking in. He saw the linen cloth by themselves, but he went home and marveled right at what he saw. Now, I'm going to jump over. I'm going to come back to the Emmaus story, the two disciples um, that took off to Emmaus. I'm going to pick up in verse 33. Um, And the... Two disciples were on their way to Emmaus because they had just gotten kind of, we don't know, I'm going to address this why I think they took off, but we don't know why they went to Emmaus, seven miles away. And along the way, Jesus appears to them and he ends up talking to them and you know, really turning them about face where they, after he revealed himself, boom, they went back into the city and joined the congregation again. And this is where we pick up in verse 33. And they rose that same hour, returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven, and those who were with them gathered together. There's that term we talk and see all through here. Saying, the Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. And then they told what had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. And as they were talking about these things, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, peace to you. But they were startled and frightened and thought they saw a spirit. And he said to them, why are you troubled and why do um, doubts rise in your hearts? See my hands and my feet? This is my eye myself. Touch me. See. For a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And he goes on to drive the point home. He says, and when he had said this, he showed them his hands, his feet. And while they were still disbelieving for joy and were marveling, he said to them, have, have you uh, anything to eat? And so they gave him a piece of broiled fish and he took it and he ate before them. What is the point here? Is Jesus is showing them this is a real raised body that's at the right hand of the Father right now. It's going to be what happens to you if you know Jesus, right? It's going to be what happens to all of us, right, in this, in this time. And, and I, gang, I, I just, the other piece of this there's so much, we're just going to kind of touch the surface here, but the, the suddenness of all this. Suddenly Jesus enters into the room and they're shocked. And I love the plain words. It says, they're disbelieving, but there's joy. It's like, can this be happening? And folks, you know, that should be how we live as believers, as children uh, that with faith. is like anything can happen. God, are you going to show up today? What are you going to do here in church? You know, what kind of testimonies are we going to hear? God, what are you doing uh, right among us? This is church should be a sharing of the mighty things that God is doing, right, in the world and in our lives. And to realize that he just, he just shows up and he promises. That's not just something for them. Do you realize he promises to do it here? The question is how many churches have a sense of culture, right? A corporate sense of culture where there's a sense of he's here. Let's see what he's going to do this morning. 
Let's see how he's going to speak right to our hearts. And, and even this morning here, the first service is, man, or, or excuse me, during this worship's time right here, man, something just hit me um, from Jeremiah 9, and I don't have time to get into it. Well, I'll teach about it. Um, well, I, do, I will say this, is it just hit me in here in the sense of, and, and we'll look at it here, but um, this idea of knowing Jesus is I think for some of us who've walked with the Lord for a while in our pursuit, is that we get more concerned about God using us than we do about knowing the heart of God. Okay? Now let me step back to someone who's on the fringe. On the fringe, we're more, we can get more consumed about God doing something. God, you need to bless me. You need to answer this prayer. You need to do this. You shouldn't have done that, God. Rather than knowing Him pursuing knowing him at the core as we grow with him more what happens we have to watch our heart do we still want to know him first and foremost or are we more concerned about what god does through us right intimacy first and we see again jesus and we see it here right but god what he most wants is to know us intimacy first and then as we're going to see it's now right a, a chance to to move on out so let's pick it back up here. Verse 44. And then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Now, folks, I don't have time, but from the beginning of Genesis, God gives tastes of what he's going to do in the gospel. Father Abraham, what did he do? He says, I'll provide the lamb. All through the Old Testament, there are pictures and prophecies of what God was doing in saving us and loving us is we see all of these, these things uh, take place. And Jesus started just opening their eyes, right? Opening their hearts to, wow, that, I, I, and in front of them were these passages thousands of years beforehand being fulfilled specifically. By the way, there's no other book in all the history of mankind that has prophecy fulfilled within it. Nothing even comes close. Do you realize that? You can, there's not a book in the world, any library, in, in the history of anything in the world, there's not one book that comes anywhere close to the history and the fulfillment of prophecy this book does. It stood the test of time, but folks, we need more than just answers. I could sit here and go verse for verse, apologetic with you all day long, and you know what? That person's not going to come to know God necessarily unless God gets involved, unless God opens eyes and hearts to want him. But Romans 10 tells us that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Did you get that? Faith comes by hearing, but by the word of God. It's the word of God that opens. It's in the context when the church is gathered that faith comes alive. It's when the word of God is talked about, right, that, that something nudges us, right, that boom, right, eyes are opened, ears and hearts are opened, right, for, for God. Verse um, 45, then he opened their minds, I love that, to understand the scriptures. He opened their minds. They were just being blown away. Right? That's the best thing I can say. They were just being blown away. Right? And then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said then, thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead. And that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem and out, obviously, to the ends of the earth. You are witnesses of these things, and behold, I'm sending the promise of my Father upon you, which is the Holy Spirit, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. So let me just um, 
break this down for us a little bit this morning on this idea of how do we, how do we know um, Jesus? How do we grow in this, this knowledge? Easter, folks, is not, you know, it's not just about some religious ritual. It's not about just a little feel good or a little pet me up. It's about something so much more radical. It's about our God, the creator of the universe that desires at the core of his being, he desires to fellowship with you, to be together with his children, those who desire him. He doesn't force anybody. He wants a real relationship. He wants a real heart who wants to know God, right? And, and wants to say, no more boasting in the, these things in my life. And this is salvation. Salvation, when it comes, it's an awareness. Like, wow, look at the things I put my hope in. Look at the things I've been boasting about. And uh, there's a sense of, man, the, the treasure of the kingdom of God, the treasure of Jesus, right, comes alive where that's what I want to know. He's the one who satisfies my heart. He's the one who, who helps me understand and come to peace with death and eternity and all the incredible, vast promises, right, of, of God. Um, he's the one who speaks into to our, our, uh, our life. And so the first thing here, on these four questions I'm going to give, and through this series we've been giving out questions, these questions can be just somewhat kind of wrestled with in corporate worship or even a Bible study. These questions are discipleship questions. The only way I'm really going to get breakthrough really down to the depth of my soul, is if I take these questions and step into a discipleship group with a group of men, ladies with a group of ladies, and, 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 and a small group where we say, look, let's encourage each other. How are we going to pursue the Lord? How are we going to grow in his love and his purpose right for our life? And the first one here is this big question of, man, are we scattering or gathering? Very applicable for the last year and a half where we've been. We've been a scattered, isolated, quarantined, go down the words, right, people. But I have to always look at this question because each of us is prone to wander, as the old hymn says, right? We are prone to wander, aren't we? We are prone to pull out of community. We're prone to pull out of church. We're prone to pulling out of committing to a group that's going to hold me accountable to the word of God. We are prone to just get busy, aren't we? Life gets busy. And what happens before long? Man, we are focused on the things of the world rather than on the things of God. And our heart is left behind and, and what, what God has to say. And, and so I think one of the most profound things here and with this question before we get into it too deep is God desires to be with us. Every one of you in here, every one of you watching online, you belong. You belong in God's house. He wants to let you hear loud and clear. He desires you to be part of his people, his children, his church. There is no following God. There is no receiving the blessings. But there is no knowing Jesus outside of his family, his church. And, and, but again, this is one of the greatest pulls of temptation, right? Is to stay on the fringe. Just kind of be out there, right? But Jesus wants to say, God wants to say, you belong. Let's go. And so back to these two guys. Cleopas is one name. We have the other one. We don't know his name. But... Um, after the resurrection, you know, kind of things were crazy. It was just uncertain times. It was like, wow, well, Jesus told us all, what do we do now? And you can see Peter, like he's, he's supposed to be the leader. Well, how does he lead? What does he do? Right? And these two guys took off. We don't know why they took off, right, to um, Emmaus. But one thing's for sure I think we can say is they weren't supposed to take off because we see Jesus, again, through all the gospels, he says, don't leave the city. Stay together as God's people. Stay together gathered together on a regular basis, right? And um, these guys took off, and the story is they're walking, they're confused, they don't know what's going on. And, um, and, and again, I, I can say this, right? That's just prone to wander. What a picture. They don't tell us why they're leaving. 
to go to Emmaus. And isn't that the case for our life? When we get confused, when, when pandemics happen and everything else happens, we just kind of, sometimes we just bolt. We just want to escape. We just kind of got to do something and we just, we, we disengage, right? And that is the course throughout time of what's built into our flesh, right? In, it, it's not natural to step in, we step out. And uh, when the very thing we need to do most, right, is step in. So they're, they're headed out. Now here's what's interesting is that Jesus appears to them, and if you read the text, it says that they didn't, they didn't recognize him. And so look at the love and the patience and tenderness of God. In their kind of wandering, in their confusion and everything, he comes to them first, and he just starts engaging them along the road in life. And they're just like, what's going on here? And he, he asks them what they've been talking about, and they kind of stop, it says, and they look at him and go, are you the only one in Jerusalem that does this? This is just comical, isn't it? <laughs> they don't know. This is Jesus with them. And they're saying, are you the only one here that doesn't know what's happened? What's going on? And then, he, and then Jesus says, well, tell me about it. What's going on? And they're like, what? You know, they're kind of like, you know, uh, engaging. And they don't recognize him. Now, here's the deal. The farther we get from, to the fringes, the farther we're removed from the, from the body of Christ, the family of God, Jesus gets fuzzier. He gets undistinguishable. If we get too far out there on our own, guess what? Jesus is removed, and, and what happens is the world that we live in starts forming how we see and understand Jesus, and that's happening in a big way right now. People are bringing to the, I mean, I hear it all the time, people bring, well, Jesus, well, you know, vote this way or that way. I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, no. Is that, that what we see is people making all of these statements, and they haven't been following. Jesus has become fuzzy to them. Right, because they have not been plugged in the very place that Jesus requires where he's going to meet them and strengthen them. And uh, so they're moving along, and, and, uh, and here's the deal. They, they come to Emmaus, so he's journeying. They're talking a long time. They still don't recognize him. And, uh, and uh, it's the end of the day, and he's going to go on. Now, folks, this is a powerful spiritual principle. He's going to keep moving on. They would have never known who he was and they would have missed out possibly of being a part of the core in Jerusalem if they had not asked him to stay. If they had not themselves stay with us. And remember last week we talked about um, Revelation 3.10 that says Jesus is at the door. He's knocking. He's knocking. And that's the church door and the, heart, or the door of our heart. He's saying whoever will open the door, we have to invite him in. I have to want him. I have to desire to know him. A church body has to want him, his presence among them. That's what God delights in. Again, he wants a real loving relationship. He doesn't override our, our heart. He wants to stir upright our heart. And so they did. They invited him. They stayed. And it was in the meal. It's so beautiful. It says that when he broke the bread in the meal that they recognized him. Folks, do you get that? And they, he didn't even say, get your butt back to Jerusalem. They knew. Whoa, we got to get back in the action. We got to get back out of the fringe from our running, from our wandering. We got to get back in there, right, to, and what's going on. And then the rest of the story we picked up, they stepped back. And that night they left seven miles back to Jerusalem to join the body again there in Jerusalem. So whatever their plans were, they got back in, right? 
And folks, all through the scripture, don't we see Jesus, the one who leaves the 99, goes after the one, the love, the patience, the tenderness of our God, of, of walking alongside all of us who've wandered, right, at times, and just woo us. And folks, throughout all of our lives, there's these little touches of God. He's wooing us back. He's, he wants us off the fringe. He wants us out of the crowd. He wants us in the core. And that is the mission, right, of, of the church, of following Jesus, making him known, right, is, is stepping into people's lives and encouraging them. Come on, let's go. Let's go. Let's get back into um, what's going on and back to the body, back to where God speaks, back to where there's strength, back to where there's encouragement, right? Back to the family of God. Um, staying removed, again, isolation kills, community builds. There's no exception to this in life. And uh, the forces we have right now in isolation are stronger than we've ever experienced them right throughout history. But you can go back to much harsher times throughout history. The church gathered, large and small. They realized faith, the very, their very faith, their very strength, it was dependent upon being the body of Christ, right? Being his church and recognizing that's where he speaks. That's where he blesses, right? Not that he doesn't out there, but it's in a measure connected to what he does, right? Inside his, his church. And he reaches us, right? In those places and brings us back, right? And and uh, we see what he does. He reveals himself in the midst when the bodies gathered together. He didn't reveal his resurrected, this is very important. He didn't reveal his resurrected body, right, to those on the fringe, right? He did it, as we saw, the, the, he kept, he kept a secret to those on the road who were leaving. But he revealed, gave them a little taste so they'd get back. Because he had an appointment to be, meet with them in a greater, fuller, more powerful way right, as the whole uh, body was gathered together. So, man, on this journey, folks, as we think about it, we think about Easter, we think about he's risen, we think about everything Jesus accomplished for us, man, where are we at? Where are we at? Or is is that pull of of being disconnected, doing our own thing, staying on the fringe, is it there? Or is the real desire to know him, to know him is to step in, is to receive his call. Hey, brother, sister, step out of that fringe. Step out, come on back in here. Come back in here. Ah, you belong, right? And it's in here, right, that the kingdom blessings, right, inside the local church, around the world, whether it's small, whether it's big, whatever it is, that's where God brings his encouragement, the strength of his body. That's where he gives us, we saw, a mission, right, to be a lighthouse, right, for the rest of the world. So the second question throughout here, are we allowing Jesus to open our minds to the scriptures, and folks, all four of these the questions I'm going to give us here today, they kind of all build upon each other and all connect together. And this is a big question, and again, I'm just going to scratch the surface on this, but man, there's a difference between, again, as I said before, what do we really need to know? We need answers, but we need more than just biblical knowledge. We need knowledge of God, right? We need knowledge of God. And we need someone to show us how to do that, how to come to Bible study, how to come to the scriptures, and how to meet God here, not just how to, what? how to have a bunch of, uh, of knowledge, but how to meet God in the scriptures. And he promises to open our mind up to the scriptures as it all right, fits together. And, and then we can go back to the Emmaus Road. And what did they say and when they started to turn about and get back to Jerusalem? They said, man, were our hearts not burning when he was talking to us about the scriptures? And I ask you this morning, do you know something of that experience? Do you know something of your heart burning because of fellowship with God. Do you know something of when you've engaged the Bible, this is no longer just Bible study. This is God speaking to me. A burning, a, a sense of, and I love that word just because it's a fire. 
Right? It's a fire. It's an awakening. It's a, it's a zeal. It's, a, it's a, a desire to boast of the things of God versus the things of the world, right? And folks, again, in discipleship, this is what we need. Someone to show us, how, to, how do I do that? How do I move my time, right, um, from just being kind of dull and just going through, you know, reading the scripture? How do I meet God here in his, in his word, right? Um, and folks, again, I just say this. One of the huge things that's happening in our culture today is you have some within the, the church who are uh, moving away from the scripture as their authority. They're holding to some form of even putting Christianity on it, but really it's more the world and the world's ways than it is God's ways that is forming how they're thinking. And um, boy, we need to be careful, right? We stay on the fringe and we're going to be more influenced by the world by what? Again, the boasting of wealth and man's wisdom and man's power rather than the word of God. And what is, and he, over, he says it over again, Nehemiah says right, clearly to us, or Zechariah, right, is that not by what? Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord, right? To know him means we walk in his spirit. We know the things of, of the spirit. Third question is, are we finding our purpose in proclamation? All right, what does that mean? He says here, he goes on to them, and he gives them the responsibility to be proclaimers, right? And he says that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed, right? Herald in his name. To follow Jesus is to be a proclaimer of his goodness, and his grace and his mercy, this glorious message. And I just know in my own life, I could give testimony after testimony, when I'm talking about Jesus, when I am a proclaimer of him, right, throughout my day, right, is it's amazing how the will of God becomes very clear in my life. Doors open, don't have to fret about, oh, what's God's will for my life? Or, well, what, uh, you know, do I move here? Do I take this job? What do I do? is that, um, because you, don't, you won't find that in the scripture. What you find is, seek first the kingdom of God, and guess what, all these other worries, what? What does he say? I'll, I'll, I'll provide them for you. Seek first the kingdom, be a proclaimer of Jesus, boast about Jesus, and guess what God is gonna bless, and you're not gonna have to fret about all these, these other things, is that, uh, man, God, God brings that, right? So there is this aspect that we find purpose in understanding that to move into the core of Jesus is we become witnesses. And he says this, you are my witnesses. That Greek word is martyr, a witness. That means that I'm proclaiming something. It's so much a treasure in my life, Jesus. We boast about his glory and his goodness that um, that, that witness is an aspect of it's something I'm willing to die for. A proclaimer of something I'm willing to die for. It's that important. It's that glorious. It's that good. I'm banking everything on this, right? That's to know the heart of God, but we all need help in that, right? That just doesn't come to someone alone without, again, discipleship, without being done encouragement with one another, right? To to understand what this is, to be a proclaimer, one who boasts in the the Lord, one who understands, man, uh, you know, the thing I'm gonna boast in, back to Jeremiah, right, is not my wealth. That's not, that's not where my security's at. It's not my wisdom of trying to understand things. It's not my intellect. Man, it's not the power. It's not my cause. It's not my, my social justice platform. It's not these things that I'm putting all my hope in. It, it's in God. He's got this in his hands. He's my Lord. He's, he's my Savior, right? The last one is he comes down and he says, don't go anywhere. Stay right here in the city because you need to be clothed in power. 
Now, folks, I, I, I mean, there's so much. I'm just scratching the surface here, but meditate on this, would you? And I don't, I don't know what tradition that you're from in church, your church tradition, but I just want to be clear on something that's consistent throughout Scripture. No one can have faith, no one can come to believe Jesus outside of move of the Holy Spirit. But that's a secret move. That's something where the Holy Spirit illuminates our heart, gives us hunger for God, gives us a desire for the things of God, and brings us to salvation, awakens faith inside us to desire, to awaken our spirit to want to be alive to God, right, and see things differently. This, right, is Jesus talking about something different. Talking about clothed, this is something that comes on us. It's something, it's the power, dunamis, of God. Until you're clothed in power, that word is where we get dynamite from, dunamis. Right, is that there is a life that God has for his people that is in power, that is to carry on the ministry of God, that is to be his witnesses, but to speak boldly and right, to see God do the impossible. And folks, does our word, world not need right, uh, the power of God to break bonds right, and to show the love of God? The reason why the church pursues the power of God and the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit and ministry is because we want to obey our God. We want to follow Jesus and do what he commanded his disciples to do and we want to love people. How did Jesus love people? He wasn't just a proclaimer. He got right into their life and he asked God to do something supernatural right inside their life, right? To set them free, to be a, a very vivid thing of, of God's love for them, Right? And so just as we start to close up, Derek, y'all can come on up. I, I, um, I just, I commend these questions to you just as you think. Take some time to think about this question of, wow, do I, where am I at? What do I really want to know? What do I think I really need to know? And where are you at on this journey? We come to the end of Luke. Where do you find, what crowd, where do you find yourself in the mix? Still in the fringe? And I, I think the Spirit of God, what he's, remember, God desires you to be at the center with him. And so he's always beckoning us closer in, right? What does the promise of James say? Draw near to me, God says, and what? I'll draw near to you. That's a promise of God. And so where does God, what step do we each need to take here this morning, right? To draw near to God, to make that next step in, right? As such, and all these are dependent on each other. Do you know that? I can't, I can't stay scattered. I can't stay on the fringe if I want to have my mind, if I want to grow in the word of God, right? I, I, I can't not be a, learn to be a proclaimer. I, I can't right, expect God to do great things unless I first take that step of, man, Jesus, I, help me talk to people about my faith. Just simple, simple talking to people about what he's done for, for me, right? And then this weight in this city, this idea of, wow, Lord, you have so much more. I want more. Right? Over and over again, his promise is, I'll give more of my spirit. He's a loving Heavenly Father. And he desires to bring us in closer right, to him. Right? And for him to share more and more of who he is with us. So Father, thank you this morning for your word and this Easter Sunday, this Resurrection Sunday. Lord, we remember you, what you've done for us. Lord, I pray that you would just awaken inside our soul that burning heart, that desire, Lord, to know you more, Lord, to desire for your word more, a desire to gather with your people more, large and small group, Lord. Lord, desire to be proclaimers, Lord. There is only one answer for everything, Jesus. It's you. It's truly you. 
Lord, awaken your church again. Revive your church again, Lord. Power, strength, and might, Lord. Holy Spirit, I pray you'd come now and speak to us. Help us respond, Lord, to your word this morning. Encourage us, Lord. Father, if there's testimony of your power and your goodness, let's hear it, Lord. So we come to your table. Let us prepare our hearts, Lord, to to celebrate, Jesus, to be that table fellowship, Lord, that we are fellowshipping with you, the living God. Come, Holy Spirit. Bring a blessing now, Lord. Bring your presence, Lord. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this message. To hear other messages or learn more about Crossroads Church, visit our website at ccaspen.com.